just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. Yeah. I created you. <laughs> Now listen. If not us, then About how we are God's hands and feet, but it's easier to say than to be. Live like angels of apathy who tell ourselves it's all right. Somebody else will do something.
Good morning. Welcome, 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 everyone. Hi, Wade. How are you? Good. You're looking great. Good to see you. Hey, so this is a fun day. We love having these opportunities where we can get together and uh, get to interface with each other and find out a little bit. And uh, today is what we call our local outreach ministries festival. And that song is very cool. I love the what it says there. It's like I was all ticked off at God because God let things happen that were bad in the world. And he says, why didn't you do something? And God says, actually, I did. I created you. Uh, which I I really like the message of that song. Uh, Matthew West sings that. And really, what this is all about today, uh, in combination with a whole bunch of things, you've got people will be walking in, bringing in Christmas gifts for Operation Christmas Child, and a lot of things happening today. But what we're really here to do primarily is celebrate, educate, and integrate. So what I would love for you to do is be able to find out be educated a little bit about some things that happen with us, between us and our community, that you could find out and say, wow, that's I did not know that we partnered with them. There are a lot of partnerships, most of them that Jude Mitchell fosters and keeps going. And uh, there's opportunities for you, though, in there. And so there's where we would love to, after we let you know about it and we celebrate that that's a part of our church's story, then we would love to say, hey, you could integrate. You could be a part of this, too, moving forward. There's a verse. I don't know if, Wendy, can we get that verse up, or is it? A, am I a little too soon? I might be too soon. Oh, wow, you're the best. They're, they're working on a video back there. Good work, Carlos. Did you get it? Oh, okay. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do what we can and let you know. But here, this is in Acts, right at the beginning of Acts. So Luke tells the story of Jesus' whole ministry here on earth. And then this is what Jesus says when they ask him this question. Now look, the, the apostles gather around him and they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, that's a very legitimate question. Jesus had been talking about the kingdom the whole time in his ministry. But he says, it's not for you to know the time or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. Now that sounds like a backhanded, dismissive kind of, uh, hey guys, this is none of your business. But that's not what he's doing. What he's doing is the kingdom work that I was talking to you about, I am now going to give you your marching orders. Look, he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Judea is one of the kind of state areas surrounding Jerusalem. Samaria, which was the people who are kind of uh, partially Jewish, they're from a, a different historical background to some degree, and were not very well liked by the Jewish people, and to the ends of the earth. So basically, he said, here's your commissioning. If you want to know how the kingdom is going to come to bear, it's going to come to bear through you. You're going to start right here in this town, and you're going to go out into your county, and you're going to be a part of your state, and you're going to be a part of the work that's going on around you. So we have this as a commissioning from Jesus. And that was when, right after that, that he left. 
He went up, and a cloud hid him from their sight. It's a pretty remarkable case. How many of you have a job description at work that is that clear? Anybody get one that, that was that clear from their boss? No. And afterwards, did your boss happen to go up into heaven? Because that would have been really, really cool. But this is what goes on because Jesus is telling us what we're actually going to be about. So we'd like for you to watch this next video. It's uh, Lauren Daigle has this. It's, it's about our identity, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what God says about us. Why don't you run that? Thanks. It's actually just got some lyrics with the song playing. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough.
can just fade that out, Marlon. Thanks. So the first person that we're going to hear from today, uh, thanks, Nora, for dancing for us. I appreciated that. That was awesome. She always does that. Um, Katie, well, you can grab one of those mics, did you? One of those is for you. And uh, I'll stand here with you, and you can tell us. Oh, yeah, just talk to it. Just talk okay. to it. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So everybody who's going to talk today, just pick up the mic and start talking to it. He'll find you. I promise you that. Oh, you in Summit County family and every, all of you together, and you're here with Young Life in Summit. So tell us a little bit about that. Give us a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, so I have been on Young Life staff for about a decade and have been in Summit County. This is my fifth year. And Young Life, our mission, we're all about introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in our faith. And we do that um, by being where kids are, meeting them where they're at, going to basketball games, um, hanging out at lunches during, or at school lunches, just being present in the lives of kids. And by doing that, we hope to build relationships with them and use every opportunity that we get to share the love of Christ. And I'd love to tell you a quick story about a friend named Ellie. So I met Ellie when, um, sorry, I'm a little nervous. Deep breath. You're doing fine. You're Thanks. doing fine. Well, good okay, good so <laughs> um, I started going to rugby practices after school. I realized that um, rugby is a pretty intense contact sport, and so there's a lot of girls that sit on the sidelines because they get injured. So it's a great place to be just to hang out with kids that aren't able to play, ask them questions about life, like tell me about your homecoming dress, um, what's freshman year like. So I met Ellie on the sidelines of rugby practice. A few weeks later, I saw her at lunch and got the opportunity to invite her to a Young Life Club. And club is our weekly outreach event. We call it a party with a purpose. And that purpose is to share um, about who Jesus is with kids. And invited her to Young Life Club. The following week, she showed up. And um, the next day, actually, she went back to rugby practice. One of our Young Life leaders is a rugby coach and said, so Ellie just came to practice today and said, guys, I'm joining Young Life, which we call it Young Life Club, but there is actually not any sort of membership. You're, if you come, you're a part of it. You had so, a chance right there to charge her dues. I know, right? Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Better luck next time with that. <laughs> right. So um, Ellie told all her friends, I'm joining Young Life. Um, fast forward to a couple weeks ago, one of the things that we get to do with kids is take them to camp. And camp is this beautiful opportunity for kids to get to hear about who Jesus is in a place that there are not distractions, especially distractions from social media and um, all the pressure that comes with that because we take their cell phones away. Um, so Ooh, ah, I know, yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. So we take their cell phones away, and kids get to experience adventure. Um, they also get to go to camp with their Young Life leaders. So Young Life leaders are the ones that um, are just getting to know kids, and they're there in the highs and in the lows. Um, so we took Ellie to camp. She signed up the day before we left, and um, the whole weekend she was engaged, having a great time. Kids get to hear, um, we do Young Life Club just on a much bigger scale, and at each club it culminates with a message about Jesus and why that's relevant in the lives of teenagers. And then following club, we have a time called cabin time where kids just get to process the gospel. Mm -hmm. So the final thing that happened um, in our final cabin time, I asked the girls, what are you guys taking home with you from this weekend at camp? And Ellie was quick to 
jump in and she said, so I've heard people talk about who Jesus is and I've heard them say that they have a relationship with him and I had no idea what that meant, but that's what I'm taking home. And that's the reason that we do Young Life because we want kids to know that the God of the universe is crazy about them and loves them and that um, following Jesus is the greatest thing that can ever happen to them. Um, so that's just a little bit about Young Life in Summit County. Very good. Do you have one or two specific needs that you could share with us? Absolutely. Go. Um, so Young Life happens um, because of financial support in Summit County um, through generous donors. And one of our needs right now is um, for our like to increase our operating budget by about $24,000 a year, which breaks down into $2,000 a month. So my hope and prayer is that we will um, generate $2,000 in additional monthly support through um, consistent donors. That's one of our significant needs. Um, And then also, we um, need adults who are interested in supporting ministry through making meals for kids. Um, We feed all of our kids on Monday night, and um, it is a pretty significant expense to buy pizza for 30 kids every Monday um, and leaders. So I'm looking for um, men and women who would love to support ministry in that function or um, in other ways that they want to use their gifts to help Young Life happen in Summit County. That's perfect. How many of you, anybody here were Young Lifers in while you were? Oh, a lot. See, that's good. And I thought that's, this might resonate. I'm going to pray with Katie. You pray there. Lord, thank you for uh, Katie for her hard work, her enthusiasm for uh, being with students and uh, earning the right to have conversation with them about Jesus. And in this generation, that is trickier than it was in my generation, for sure. So thank you for giving her wisdom and grace and and may you fulfill the needs that they have to be uh, very meaningful and purposeful here in Summit County. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give Katie a big hand. That's right. Okay, good work. Katie's uh, table is out here on this end of the foyer, and all of the people who will be presenting have tables out there, so you'll be able to interact and maybe learn a little bit more afterwards. Jude, now it's your turn. This, this is Jude Mitchell, and she is the person who actually runs the church. Um, other people say, yeah, give her a big hand. She totally deserves that. Uh-huh. <laughs> other people think it's the elders. Some people even <laughs> laughingly think it's Jim, but it's not. It's Jude. And, uh, Jim who? Jim who. Oh, who yeah. yeah. <laughs> who are Jim who? Who are we call Jim, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyways, J- Jude is actually the one who is responsible with a lot of our community partners and working together with those. I'm really looking forward to this uh, presentation today. Thanks. Thank you, Go. Mark. Uh, I'm not nearly as cute as Mark, so I'm going to hide behind this DS here. And I just want to mention a few things um, about our community partners. I'm so proud that our church works with so many great agencies that are secular agencies and also some faith agencies in our community. Um, uh, and, and many of them are here today, not all of them, but many of them. And I really, really encourage you after we're done today to walk around, talk to them, see the work they do. We'll introduce you to many of them today. And you can hear their stories. But I wanted to read to you a a quick devotional that really touched my heart. That is uh, Philip Yancey, who is a, a scholar and a theologian. 
and it's around serving. It's called Quiet Care. How do I help someone else in need? Specifically, what can I do to alleviate their fear? I've learned that simple availability is the most powerful force we can contribute to help calm the fears of others. We rightly disparaged Job's three friends for their insensitive response to his suffering. But read the account again. When they came, they sat in silence beside Job for seven days and seven nights before opening their mouths. As it turned out, those were the most eloquent moments they spent with him. Instinctively, I shrink back from people who are in pain. Who can know whether they want to talk about their predicament or not? Do they want to be consoled or cheered up? What good can my presence possibly do? My mind spins out these rationalizations, and as a result, I end up doing the worst thing possible. I stay away. Tony Campolo tells the story of going to a funeral home to pay his respects to the family of an acquaintance. By mistake, he ended up at the wrong parlor. It held the body of an elderly man. And his widow was the only mourner present. She seemed so lonely that Campolo decided to stay for the funeral. He even drove with her to the cemetery. At the end of the graveside service, as he and the woman were driving away, Campolo finally confessed to her that he had really not known her husband. I thought as much, said the widow. I didn't recognize you, but it doesn't really matter. She squeezed his arm so hard it hurt. You will never, ever, ever know what this means to me. No one offers the name of a philosopher when I ask the question, who helped you most? Most often they answer by describing a quiet, assuming person. Someone who was there whenever they were needed. Who listened more than talked. Who didn't keep glancing down at their watch. Who hugged and touched and cried. And in short, someone who was available and came on the sufferer's terms and not their own. I love that description of just coming alongside people who are struggling and hurting. And most of the people that are here visiting with us today serve professionally that very, in that very capacity. So I would like to, with great pride, introduce my dear friend, um, uh, Tamara from FERC. She is going to be here today and talk with us about what they do at the Family Intercultural Resource Center. Thanks, Jude. You're welcome. Thanks for having us here this morning. It is truly our pleasure. Tamara and FERC does some of the most amazing work uh, in the community. I can't even tell you. They have programs for, for families. They, they provide food. They provide uh, shelter. They provide education. Tell us about FERC. So FERC's mission is really to help all of Summit County's working families be stable and thrive in Summit County. Um, I think when people envision someone who needs help, 
just generically, we often think of folks who maybe are struggling with poverty, um, who, who are going through some kind of a life crisis. But for Summit County's working families, um, given that about 90% of our jobs in Summit County don't actually pay what it costs to live here, um, the picture of the person who needs FERC's help um, looks very different. Um, it can be your neighbor or your friend, your teacher. Perhaps it's the person who um, was driving the ambulance when you needed medical care. It could be the nurse. Um, and those are the folks that we really work with. And we are trying to help them with four things, fundamentally. Um, well, I will say big picture, what we want to do is help them be able to thrive and raise their children in Summit County. And so that often means that they need help, as Jude said, with their housing, um, with accessing health insurance and medical care. Um, often they need help with parenting because they may not have extended family in Summit County to learn from. Um, and they often need help with mental health care as well. And that is what we do. Yeah, you do a great job with that. So tomorrow, tell everybody how we, you partner with others and how we're able sometimes to partner with you. Um, FERC has, at last count, um, formal partnerships with about 40 different organizations. And we are very proud of our partnership with mm -hmm. Dillon Community Church. Um, we partner with different organizations in a variety of different ways. In the case of DCC, um, it's often working together to help families. Perhaps our resources aren't great enough, and so with the help of DCC, we're able to um, maximize both of our resources jointly. Um, I think we also appreciate what we learn from Dillon Community Church in terms of your work with the families and the individuals that you serve. Um, making sure that our um, our work embraces a similar philosophy of really helping families thrive over the long term. Sometimes families do just need that proverbial handout that will help them get through the crisis. But more often than not, what families need is help over the long term. Um, experts that have perhaps managed to figure things out where that individual family can't. And so it's that type of partnership, that wisdom, um, that we most appreciate from DCC. Oh, that's great. Uh, and it's important, I think, maybe to point out here that our benevolence team is our outreach team that works directly with, with Tamara and with the other agencies locally. And, and so it's the coolest thing to me, it is super exciting to me, is that we are very unapologetic about being a ministry. We are God's servants, and, and God instructs us to serve uh, out in the community. And so FERC has always been very respectful of that, very honoring to that, and we've found such a cool collaboration in any way in conflict with their own vision and value statement. They want what's best for people, and they're, it's just, it's been very, very exciting to be able to work with them. So, thank you. Anything you. else? Thank that. you. Thank, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you, Tamara. You're awesome. Okay, next I would like to invite my friend Janet from the Department of Human Services to come on up. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> good morning. Oh, good morning. <laughs> but, well. Janet is the director of? No, not the director. No, you are the, the, the uh, finance, economic... Economic security, security program programs manager. manager for Department of Human Services. And uh, <clears throat> tell us about what you do. So I manage the programs within human services. Um, there are several programs. I brought a sheet so I didn't forget any of them. Food assistance, Employment First. Employment First is a program 
that works with people receiving food assistance to help support them in their job search, whether it be um, helping them apply online if they're not used to computers, completing resumes, mm -hmm. connections. Um, we also help uh, with medical assistance, and we partner quite frequently with FERC to make sure that those applications come together. Low Energy Assistance Program, the LEAP program that runs from um, November through April. The Veteran Services, so the County Veteran Services Program is out of our office. He is there on the third Tuesday, Tuesday. of every month mm -hmm. from 9 to noon, and he comes out of uh, Grand County, and he's absolutely wonderful. Um, the Child Care Assistance Program, Adult Financial, Colorado Works, which is the temporary aid to needy families, and then um, Child Support Services. So those are all the programs yeah. that we have. So these programs that, that our Human Services Division, uh, one of the wonderful things we've seen over the years, too, is their desire to help people become sustainable. And you know, we always often talk, and Janet and I often talk, that our goal for each person, sometimes Janet will call me and say, we have, we have this gentleman we're working with. Can you help? Can you help them in, in different ways? Sometimes it's with, um, I don't know, helping with counseling, helping with, with just other resources that we might be able to work collaboratively with her. And, and so it's been really awesome to see. Human Services really wants the longest and best sustainability for their people. They don't want people to be constantly in need of them. They want them to be eventually out on their own and sustainable and taking care of their own needs. So I just think that is awesome. That's a lot of that is thanks to Jude and the Benevolence Committee. Jude has shared several books with me um, that the Benevolence Committee has read. They've been life changing for me, which is um, which is wonderful. I've shared them with caseworkers with uh, really powerful impacts. Um, so we're thankful that I, we know that when we send somebody to to Jude that. She's not going to continue to, uh, I shouldn't say continue, she's not going to enable them, but help them on their way to self-sufficiency, uh, which, is, which is our goal. Yeah, That's awesome. So. She's being kind and saying sometimes we're really mean to people. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she would never say that, but that's sort of what but it means. No, no, <laughs> no. No. Awesome. Janet, thank you for thank all you. the great work you do. And please visit Janet's table when you're out there so you can see. Janet works for uh, a, a county uh, governmental agency. Any kind of just um, attaboy is so appreciated uh, for our community workers. It's just amazing. Thank we you love for, you. Thank you for thank you. allowing me to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. I think what I'm going to do right now is con call up my friend Jill Seal with uh, the Colorado Workforce. Hi, Jill. Hello. <laughs> Jill works for the Frisco Workforce Center. Uh, in, in, you're in charge of the Leadville and Frisco Workforce yeah. Center, is that right? Uh, yes, we serve people that are in Summit as well as Lake County. Okay. And so we, and then it's, it's a big organization that we all share. 
So tell us, tell us, tell everybody what you do. We often refer people over to uh, Jill's office who are without jobs and they're not quite sure um, what they want to do. They've either lost jobs or they're not, they need to revise their skills in their work. So tell, tell us how you can help that person. Yeah. So if a person comes in and they are maybe new to the community, we can let them know about all the various jobs that we have available in Summit County and Lake County and in all over the state of Colorado uh, because we have a website that has a lot of jobs uh, for Colorado uh, residents and you can look at all of our jobs and even in Summit County we have 500 jobs posted right now. So it's pretty amazing. So if somebody says they can't find a job, people, just saying. They so can, right? Yes, and yeah. we'll help them with their resume, cover letter, maybe uh, direct them in a, a good career path for their future. Uh, and, you know, the other things that we're able to help them out with is we do have a program where we have a little bit of money to help people that are uh, maybe economically disadvantaged and maybe needs a little help with some type of training. And we can help with a little bit of that training so that they can... Uh, get prepared for a good career. Mm -hmm. And so a variety of the jobs we've helped out with is like registered nurses, paramedics, EMTs. We also do on-the-job training where employers in the community, they will provide like mentoring opportunities for people that want to get into a new trade and we'll help the employer so that they can train the person in-house so that the people can have a really good job. And we also have a program for our youth. Uh, if you have a youth that has uh, dropped out of high school, we have a program where we can help them uh, get their high school diploma, their GED, and also we'll help them maybe with a uh, work experience, get them some experience in a career field that they may be interested for their future. That's awesome. And Jill, you guys just did a, a job fair at the high school, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about oh, that. Well, it was a great event. Yeah. We had over 50 employers. We had the gym was, uh, we had a lot of employers in the gym, and uh, they would the students would come in and the students could ask the employers about their career, what it takes to get into that type of careers. And this was uh, really a variety. We had, we had uh, the hospitality, we had uh, a variety of employers from, from arts and uh, trades and and construction and all of the various trades in Summit County. And it was a great opportunity for the young people to learn about what it takes to get into the various careers so that they can stay in our community and advance. We want people 
and and your families to stay here and grow. So uh, that was one part of the career fair. And then we had another uh, area in the commons where employers came that had job openings for the youth. And we had a lot of employers that were excited to share their job openings with, with the young people. Well, Jill's been with the Workforce Center for a very long time. This is a state program, mm-hmm. and you're the division manager in this region. Is that right? In the in the mountain region. Uh, well, yeah. I'm I'm not the manager. I'm, yes, you I, are. I, yes, I'm a career coach. I mainly work with with the adults and the employers with with their jobs and their career field. And we have uh, our manager actually has several counties. Uh, there's uh, uh, right. with right. So yes. there's so it's broken up by the yes. state into different regions throughout yes. the community. But yeah. anyway, so just so you know, you all know this now. If you know someone who needs job training, you need know someone who needs a local resource to go out there and figure out something new they can do or something they need additional skills for. Uh, this is your gal, and we are just so honored to be able to. We we we. She helps us a lot more than we help her. I, oh. I promise you. We are filling up her office with people that we refer to her. So. And I want to thank Jude for all of her help. She's done a fabulous job. Like sometimes we'll have people that are really in critical need, and I always know that we can count on Jude to help us out. So well, thank you, thank very you, and much. that's our benevolence too. That's you, the so church. Thank that's you, doing that all for. of you, for all your help. Thank you, Jill. You're thank awesome. You. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Great. Okay. Carlos, do we have a do we have a film? Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell. It slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why if they told you you would cry. So just look at them and sigh And know they love you And you, I'll tell you, 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 you
the fish that your elders grew by, and so please help them with your youth. They seek the truth they can guide. Teach your parents well. Their children's hell will slowly go by. And feed them on your dreams. The one they fix, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would cry So just look at them and sigh And know they love you Well, that brings tears to my eyes. So I want to introduce Carlos Santos. He works with NWCCI, Northwest Colorado Center of Independence. We met Carlos, Tim and I. Um, let's see, we adopted Sammy when he was almost 12. And his, um, pedi we, uh, his pediatrician was Carlos's mother. And we, um, she had us meet Carlos and help Sammy. And when Sammy became independent, when he became 18, uh, Carlos and Leanne, and I would like Leanne to come up here too, uh, with Northwest, with NWCCI, they have helped him tremendously uh, learn independent living skills. And so here they are. Uh, Leanne works with Carlos. Um, it's a program out of Steamboat, and I'll let Carlos. First of all, I'd like you to give your background, if you would. Good morning. Thanks for having us. So I'm Carlos Santos. I know a lot of you guys from the community and from coming here over the years. Um, but before I did this job, I was a 2002 graduate of Summit High. And my junior year, I broke my neck there playing football and was completely paralyzed. And so, obviously, I, that's not the case anymore. And everybody here knows that's because miracles do happen. So if you guys have heard, um, I'm just giving you the abbreviated story this morning. But basically, I um, recovered. And over the recovery time, it took about eight months to be upright again from being completely paralyzed to where I had full-time attendant care. And that was for about three to six months. And I came back to the county for the second semester of my junior year in a wheelchair with complete care with nursing coming in the home in the morning and then in the evening. And then even while at Summit High, I had um, a lot of attendant services. So I was very limited until the time, which is now, this is 20 years later, and I'm still improving. It um, took me a while, but it kind of guided me into the career I have now, which is um, specifically independent living coordinator for the Northwest Colorado Center for Independence. What that means is I'm um, kind of a caseworker for a nonprofit, which is we're state sponsored. However, we don't have a lot of rules and regulations and parameters to how we help people. We're basically life coaches that um, help people set goals, no matter their age or condition, to be independent. That's a very broad term, 
but in the context of specifically what um, we do with people one-on-one, -on -one, it could be related to finding work, finding housing, applying for benefits, or um, getting some type of peer counseling. So peer counseling and education, advocacy, and independent living skills are the four core services we try to provide. And uh, I'm very, very humbled because honestly, before the center opened here in 2013 and I got the job in 2014, I really felt that um, Summit County was one of the places that the community provided that service very effectively and still does just as the community has grown. So we're just like another piece to that puzzle to expand on that great community we have up here. And I met Tim and Sally and their son Sam when I was like about two years before I started the job. And as soon as I got the job though and I saw Sally and Tim at the poorhouse, I was like, hey, where's Sam? You know, I want to get with Sam so that we can get him rolling. Because now it's been just over a year we've been working with Sam. And as you saw in the video, Sam is basically like our model um, consumer. So, <laughs> so I want him to come up and maybe share, but you guys saw the video and we're gonna just all brag about him and then you guys can all give him a high five after the service. Um, Leanne, do you mind just giving a little background on how you got into this program? Sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, um, I had my undergrad in outdoor recreation and then I started working with people with disabilities, just getting them outside and I did my internship with BOEC, the Breckenridge Outdoor Education Center and just fell in love with working with people with disabilities. So I went back to school to get my degree in special education and then I moved back to Frisco, Colorado because that's where I wanted to live. And I wanted to teach uh, more like functional skills, life skills. Um, and so my passion is kind of working with um, young adults transitioning into adulthood. And so we've created a few programs for that group and it's been really, really successful. And uh, I basically found my dream job with NWCCI uh, because anyone who walks through the door, our services are free. and. We just do a lot of goal setting and life coaching, and so every day is different. <laughs> and we just work with a lot of different people who are pretty amazing. So, yeah. Feel free to come by our office in Dillon. <laughs> yeah, so um, please go check out their booth. And um, let's see, I think that's about it. Uh, is anything with uh, Dillon Community Church, have you had any kind of, um, I mean, I know directly, you and I talk. We talk all the time, but <laughs> anything. Well, um, just if you guys come by our booth and you want to volunteer for some of those activities you saw in our collage here, that was just like the summer. And we're trying to expand on that because now Leanne and I are both full time. Um, that being said, the Benevolence Committee, I want to just say thank you so much. And thank you to Jude. Everybody here in the congregation, you don't understand that we work with them, with you guys, almost at least almost every quarter. I'd almost say every month, but it depends on the need. And the need never ends. So you guys, thank you so much. Okay, and so we can find out more about what your needs are at your booth? Absolutely. Come okay. talk to us. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you, Leanne. Amazing story out there, huh? 
Pretty amazing. Um, I'd like to introduce our dear friend, uh, Rachel Miller, to come up and visit with me. Rachel, through the Family Intercultural Resource Center, which you met Tamara, who's the director, um, through the FERC, is now overseeing the Building Hope. Uh, You're giving everybody a promotion today. <laughs> I don't oversee Building Hope. Yes, she does. <laughs> I don't, but it I'll just, take it. It just tells you what you are in our eyes. Thank you. So tell us about one of the things that has been a, a theme, and I just want to uh, uh, mention this, a theme in all of the people that you have seen today is a, a very, very strong need for improved and, and, and expanded mental health services throughout the county. So the Building Hope Foundation has uh, come in and tell us all about it. Yeah, so um, Building Hope is a community mental health initiative. Um, it was started back in 2016 after I think several prominent community members decided we really need to do something about mental health services in this community. We had some pretty... Um, uh, infamous statistics like three times the national suicide average um, and being the binge drinking capital of the state, um, stuff that we're not totally proud of. And so Building Hope was created just to um, have a more coordinated, effective, and responsive mental health system here in the county. And we do that by improving access to mental health care, reducing stigma, and coordinating services um, for mental health among the community. So um, I can talk about real quickly just the program areas and how we do that. Um, there's, I think, about nine different program areas, which I don't always have memorized, so I wrote them down. But um, some behind-the-scenes stuff includes systems mapping. Um, there is a mental health navigation map back at my table if you're interested in that because it can be a disorienting and confusing system when people are in need. Um, another uh, service that we offer is free mental health navigation. Um, myself and now one of our MSW interns meets for free with folks one-on-one -on -one to do case management and coordination of services um, and treatment planning. We also offer mental health trainings for the community. So if people like churches are interested in mental health first aid or QPR for suicide prevention, we offer that. We also offer a lot of community connection events because I don't know about you, but I hear a lot of people say, I've got my psychiatrist and my therapist, but I just don't have any friends here. And so we offer ways for people to get connected um, Coming up this week, we have education nights, yoga. Um, we have a Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday that's totally open to the community at Father Dyer. Um, so if you guys know folks or are somebody that wants to find community this Thanksgiving, you're welcome there. We also have Spanish programs. We recently did a um, suicide prevention event in Spanish. Um, we also have a pretty large stigma reduction campaign that's about to roll out, as well as a website where people can navigate and find uh, a lot of the resources in our community, as well as get connected to all of the therapists in our community. And last, but certainly not least, we have a scholarship program. Um, so folks are able to connect with 10, 12 free scholarships 12 free sessions through a scholarship um, to a therapist of their choice if, for some reason, um, that is a financial burden. So, 
That's what we do. That is so awesome, and it's, it meets such an extraordinary need. And it's been fun to watch Rachel and, and other folks that are dealing with, uh, or that are working within the Building Hope Foundation. Uh, Building Hope is its own foundation. Is that right? How does that no. work? No. So I'm looking at Tamara because she would say it correctly. Building Hope is a community initiative okay. housed within the FERC. Okay. Um, and then the funding fiscal home is the Summit Foundation. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Rachel, Rachel and I have talked several times this week. Uh, uh, We're just pals. This is why I think you're the boss of all that. Um, So anyway, uh, really keep, keep all of our people in prayer. The mental health piece is such a big, big, big deal in our community. And uh, we're highly, highly aware of it. Anyone in ministry is highly aware of it in any ministry in this community, probably in this world. So thank you for the great work you're doing, Rachel. We really And are thanks grateful. for your support, yeah. Jude, and the Benevolence team, and all of you folks. Stop by our booth if you have questions. Yeah, stop by. She's got all the answers. All of them. All of them. We're, we're getting close to the, to the list here. Have we got a, a video for Timberline? and I moved to Breckenridge uh, in 2013. Uh, she had been diagnosed with a terminal neurological disease and said she wanted to spend the rest of her life in Breckenridge, the town that she loved. Uh, we moved here, uh, but in a matter of months I learned I could not take care of her by myself up here and badly needed support. And several people referred us to Timberline and it was uh, a life saver, a life extender for her and for me. It was an environment where she was safe, loved, and she had fun. My daughter Tara goes to Timberline and it's a wonderful place. The arts and crafts, the people, the interaction, everything is great. Timberline provides amazing respite care for the parents. It's one of the most valuable parts of Tara going to Timberline. I'll be 95 in a couple weeks. (laughs) I have loved skiing for a long time. And uh, I've loved being active outdoors. The folks here are doing work that uh, they enjoy. Yeah, we have a good time. (laughs) I was born here in San Francisco, Colorado. Because I have my mic, this is the camera, right? It's fine, playing games, making new friends. Our mission is to assist and enrich the lives of individuals with cognitive or physical challenges and to support their caregivers through specialized adult day services, education, socialization, and respite care. 
there's an RN, a physical therapist, who is also the director, and a CNA, um, and program assistants that are here to provide care for their loved ones. Uh, we participate in exercise, education, um, we love doing arts and crafts. We just got done planning the community garden. Every year we have a plot. Our folks go out and we, we water our own garden. Um, we open up the windows, make sure the temperatures are correct on the days that we open. We have a special plot out front um, for our wheelchair folks that they can garden themselves. It's my privilege to be able to go on the outings with our participants um, as an RN. One of the um, great things about working with Timberline and, and partnering with them is that often the adult population with special needs is overlooked. They're amazing folks. They, they um, love to communicate. They love to try new things. They love to get out. Um, they're thrilled about cycling. We took them skiing back in March. And so we're hoping to be able to just start build this up so that we can get them out once a month um, and enjoying our great outdoors. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, awesome. Thanks. Uh, cut. Cut. <laughs> what a good film. It shows us what you do. Jenny, this is Jenny Patterson, the director of the Timberline Adult Day Services. Tell us. Well, Tell first, us what we need to know. First of all, we're very grateful for DCC's support. Um, basically, everyone that comes to Timberline is scholarshiped in one way. Um, and um, so the support that you all give us helps those that can't afford to come to our program. We are Medicaid certified and private pay. Um, and we're trying to also reach out to veterans because we have a contract with the Veterans Association. Um, before I forget, a lot of people ask me how often our participants come and who are they. Uh, Frank is our oldest. He's not 96, and many of you may have seen his picture in the paper uh, for opening day at Copper a couple days ago. I was right there with him, make sure he didn't fall into the chairlift when he pushed the button to start the first chair for the public. He's our oldest, and our youngest is 23. Our average age of participants is around 67. We are reaching out to seniors more and more and more as our population ages. But what I want to mention is that we also are providing the adult day program to people that might have a loved one um, that wants to, or a family that may want to come up and ski for the weekend, and they have a grandmother or a spouse that can't ski, maybe has Alzheimer's and needs some supervision, and rather than sitting in their condo and needing somebody to be with them, uh, that person can come to us for a week, a weekend, um, so we have, because we have seasonal participants and people that might even just come for a couple weeks, um, and then we have people that come on a regular basis, especially the young adults who may work part-time in the community, and then they come to Timberline some of the other days. But um, one important thing I want to mention, too, 
is we are really trying to grow our program to provide respite care, meaning that the, the caregivers are overlooked. They're overworked. They're burned out. They need a break. And we help provide that break for them that's so important. Um, their health can deteriorate, and and their well-being and their opportunities to to maybe continue working, maintain a business in the community, provide some rec- their own recreation, um, their own wellness, their impact with their family members. So respite care is key, and we will be growing our program to provide more support for them, not just for their loved ones, because it is a wonderful program. And um, so I will be reaching out more to our caregivers in 2019 and ways that you all can can help. Um, I have a Reading Buddy program that I've just started, and I'm looking for more volunteers um, where you're, you get to know one participant and you can come whenever you want, once a week, once a month, be kind of a reading buddy mentor. Um, that is one way, but we're always looking for volunteers. Um, so that's one way that I always mention. Um, our volunteer program, we're just very lucky to have very dedicated volunteers that do make a difference in our program. Yeah. Uh, Timberline, we've just recently, in the last two years, uh, partnered in a very minimal way with them, but we we just love what they do in the community so much. Respite care combined with serving people with um, disabilities, basically, and giving a real quality... uh, uh, experience for everyone there. So we are proud of the work you do, Jenny. So, Thank you so much for being with us today. Please visit her uh, when we're done here. And, and, and she, I know Jenny will be happy to answer any of your questions. So thank you for so being much. with us. Thank you so much. And happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy. <laughs> thank you, Jenny. Appreciate it so much. Okay. Uh, I would like to ask Kathy Gallego to come up and visit with me, if she will. She's hiding in the back there. One of the other partners we frequently uh, involve ourselves with, uh, along with all of these, many of the folks that you've already talked to or or that have already spoken to us today, is Advocates for Victims of Assault. Kathy Gallego is here today to represent them. Thanks for being here, Kathy. Thank you. Good morning. Um, (laughs) I just got to say this is not as easy as it looks (laughs) to stand here, and I'm pretty sure that every thought that I had in my head that I was going to say is not going to come out that way. Um, well, first tell of us all, about advocates. Tell yeah. us about the local advocates. First of all, I just want to say thank you oh, for inviting us and let us be here and give a little bit of the message that we do. Advocates is an office that has been in Summit County for 40 years. We're excelled this year. And we help people, victims slash survivors of domestic violence, assault, and trauma. So our little tiny office here in Dillon We have five staff members, and we have a whole group of volunteers that that's how we operate. So we have different employees to different things. Um, We we have two bilingual advocates, but the rest of the staff can be as advocates as well. We all have the same training. 
we provide counseling. We do have a position open for an attorney, a legal uh, attorney. Uh, person that helps through the process that we can help victims for in need of protection orders or modifications or some of them that go through divorce or child custody. So we try to guide them. Not necessarily we can take their cases, but we at least guide them to take the, the right path. Um, we respond to pagers, whether it's from law enforcement or the hospital. We do have a hotline 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So some of us are on duty or on call and the volunteers as well. Uh, we do have two big grants. We're funded by the state and we're funded by volunteers as, uh, and, and donations as well. So the two big grants, one is the legal one that I explained a little bit, and the other one is the housing grant. So we are able to help uh, people to pay rent when they can't due to the either the separation or the trauma or the circumstances. So we can allow, uh, we can talk to landlords, we can talk to places, and we can pay the rent for one or two or several months. The, depends on what the grant allows us to per person. Um, we do a little bit of everything. You do. Uh, you're really involved in the community. And uh, we see a lot of the same people because uh, when folks are in crisis, they, they kind of go all over looking for assistance, which is uh, good. And we're really happy to be able to refer folks to you when we have a concern about anyone's safety or or if they're in a, a healthy environment. So that's important. It's also a neat thing, uh, an unfortunate thing that needs to happen, but it's a wonderful aspect of advocates. Uh, they will go to court with, with victims, and they'll guide them through the whole legal process and help them get stabilized in that way. So, And, and we held them to a point to fill out some of the forms, especially when they don't understand the process. If it's a Spanish speaker person, like I said before, we have two people in the office. We refer people to do to DCC for extra help that we cannot maybe cover, and vice versa, you refer some people like she just said. So it's, it's an amazing job. It's just that sometimes we can do so much and people don't know how or at what point we got to stop and let them continue themselves because that's like our purpose is to empower them to continue their their path to to get better right you used to have a, a volunteer programs where you could you could volunteer if you had a heart for advocacy uh, they have a wonderful uh, group of volunteers who are also counsel kind of mentor and come alongside some of the folks that you serve is that still going on yes yeah. yes okay. we will not survive without the volunteers because we cannot be on call 24 hours right so if if any of us are interested in this room and in in doing something like that Kathy is here at her table and I know she'd be happy to visit with you about some of those opportunities to work with with uh, men and women mostly but also some men in in, in crisis so thank, thank you very you. much thank you Kathy thank for you being too. here you're so great Pastor Mark has words of wisdom as always you know they know better than that words of wisdom 
Wow, that was an interesting morning, was it not? Jude's also going to tell us about a few other agencies with whom we work and partner on a regular basis in a few minutes. But uh, in the meantime, we are going to collect an offering today, so you know that. That helps with the uh, funding of the entire process of what we do in the way of ministry here in the church. And if you'd like to contribute to something specific, I believe you could put that down. Is that true, Jude? To them directly. If you'd like to contribute specifically to one of these partners, then just go speak with them directly. Otherwise, this would be the offertory that we use for our regular budget. And we're not going to celebrate communion as we usually celebrate it today. And I wanted to explain that to you because it's become part of our regular tradition that every single week we do gather and and we remember. Today, we're going to have a love feast. That was also part in the New Testament, a very big part of the commune. You hear the commune and community in together. And so it was a way to actually commune with each other and also remember the fact that the reason that we gather and we are uh, partners together, co-laborers, and we love each other the way that we do, and we encourage each other, is because of our relationship with Christ. So I encourage you to stay afterwards here in a few minutes when we break. Go see some other people, connect with them, but also go on in, sit down, find somebody you don't know, uh, introduce yourself, and have that opportunity for that communion together. But let's pray as we are going to receive the offering. Lord, thanks for these great partners. Um, We are so amazingly blessed to have so many people in this county that serve others, and we want to serve with them side by side, continue to uh, grow that into our future, Uh, help us as individuals to look for ways that we can interact and, and be a part of that specifically for us, because there are a number of opportunities here. Uh, We receive the offering that you give through us. You use us as a conduit. It could be our time. It could be our uh, attention. It could be hard work uh, picking up things and moving and logistics. Or it can also be giving financially. So we give this back to you. We do that in Jesus' name. Amen.
Jude's going to come back up and, and share just about a couple more partners. I want to give you uh, just a couple of opportunities. Wendy, why don't we show a couple of those slides? First of all, there's one with Operation Christmas Child Kids. It's shoebox time. So these things don't magically transport themselves around the world. And part of what we'll do today is... Uh, gather some people together to help maybe put some things in some boxes. Maggie, would you like that done? Have a few partners, to, a few volunteers to help you put some of these in some of the bigger boxes? After the potluck. Perfect. Okay, so great. And then you can also drop off. There will be some more people coming till about noon dropping off. And also, there's one more picture there, and it's funky looking. What in the world? Well, that's because we pack kits like this when we go to Haiti, and we hand them out to patients and people who come up uh, for different care. And we'll be packing those kits also right after the potluck time. Uh, we're going to do that in the library, right, Kevin? Is that right? Yeah, that's what I thought. So... Hey, any, anybody? Yeah, anybody else? Can think of one more thing that we what could do? What would you guys like? Yeah, anything. Somebody need their car painted? Yeah, just, to, just yeah, toss it in. Waxed. Yeah, we, we can get it. Hey, we're just trying to, you know, <laughs> have ways that people can get involved. So these are so a lot of fun things to do. And you tell us about a couple more people? And then yep. if you would we're, pray, we're for, gonna, I would pray be, for the meal. Don't forget about would that. We'd be happy to that do that. And okay, uh, we have a few other folks that we did not feature this time because we probably have already featured them in the past. But we're so grateful that we have community partners that are willing to search and, and introduce themselves to you. We also have uh, the Lydia Whitman, I believe, is here with uh, the chaplains at the hospital. And they are such wonderful partners. They do such important work in our community. I hope you'll go visit with her uh, as well. Don't forget also, Domus Pachis is here. Maggie, um, who's multitasking today with Operation Christmas Child and her Domus Pachis. Domus Pachis is also a ministry around respite. They provide housing and, and meals for families who are um, in the middle of mostly a cancer crisis, and they bring them into the community, and they, they get them. Uh, basically, it's a vacation for a, a tired family to be able to have respite around uh, providing care for their loved one who is um, terminally ill. It's an amazing ministry, and she's out there too. She'll be happy to answer questions. Women's Resource Center also, we feature them uh, every, I believe, February during uh, their featured week. So we asked Anne if, if we could just do that with her on, on, in February. They do great work around unplanned pregnancy in our community, and we support that ministry as well. We're just proud of our, of our community. We want to show you once a year, twice a year, we just want to show you what goes on in the community. There's wonderful things happening, lots of people working hard to do um, good things. Oh, I also want to mention our town. The town of Dillon was, thank you. It was right there in front of me. This is technology, and I forget. 
Um, our town was going to try and be here with us. They were too tired from the big concert they had yesterday. But uh, our town uh, has been such a great partner with us, allowing us use of the amphitheater. We help them with their summer concerts. We provide service for them for their town cleanup day. And then this uh, December 5th, which is a Wednesday, we will be hosting the town's annual holiday festival here, and it will include Hazel Miller, and she's coming to sing Christmas uh, songs with the kids. So it'll be a really fun, crazy wonderful uh, time with our town. So uh, please be thinking of them. We appreciate your prayer for all these folks. And I would just like to close us up. Please uh, join us uh, for our community fest, feast. What did you call it? A love feast. Our community love feast. And I will, I will close us today by blessing our food on that. Lord, thank you. First of all, for all of the people sitting in the seats today, thank you for each individual who's here. I pray that you have spoken to them in whatever way that you want them to hear. I pray, as always, that we each pull the nugget out of every experience we have and that we take that nugget and we carry it out into our day and into our life. I pray for the food and for all the hands who prepared it. I also pray for all of these uh, service providers, all of these community servants, Lord. I ask you to bless them in their work, keep them encouraged, and give them the strength and the fortitude and the encouragement they need. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here.